Hello, and welcome back to Forming the Future, a look into eugenics. I'm Rachel Kinchy, and this is my younger sibling, Alex. Today's episode is going to be focusing on what's currently going on in the eugenics movement. An advisory warning is that this episode will contain themes of racism, sexism, and abortion. If you are uncomfortable, we understand and hope you have a good day. Now, let's get into it. So, last episode, uh, we covered the early eugenics movement, uh, who was uh, started by mostly Francis Gillian. Mm-hmm. So you remember that? Yes. Thoughts? Kind of classist and bad for people in prisons. Yes. Um, and then, and most people in the U.S. were actually in support of it until they found out that the Nazis and Hitler were in support of it. And then they kind of went, ooh, we shouldn't like things that Hitler likes. And everybody stopped talking about it and tried to hide the fact that that was a huge part of our medical history for a while. Um, and then we moved into sterilization laws where people were forcibly, where the uh, 30 states had forcibly sterilized um, many people based off of mental illness, disabilities, and uh, crime. And we finished up the episode by talking about the California prisons and how uh, um, there were a bunch of issues in California where tubal ligations were being performed without the proper uh, approval from the state. Mm -hmm. So that basically takes us up to today. Um, And what's interesting now is we're more so looking at what parents are choosing to do versus what uh, doctors and the government are choosing to do, because a lot of that is now being left up to the parents. And um, recently, they have been able to uh, diagnose or uh, uh, suggest if someone is most likely going to have Down syndrome um, based off of physical features, um, cell tissue samples, and uh, a couple of other DNA tests that they can perform on the fetus. Um, And uh, this kind of comes into the question of our of people choosing to either abort or choosing to have the baby that may or may not, but most likely will have Down syndrome. Um, and, or looking at the other end of if the child is going to, if they think the child is going to have Down syndrome, kind of relating that into shouldn't the parents be prepared. So in recent years, what we've seen is almost 100% of, uh, fetuses that have been diagnosed with Down syndrome in Iceland have been aborted, 98% in Denmark, 90% in the UK, 77% in France, and 67% here in the USA. What do you think of that? Um, I understand why they would not want to abort them. Would or would not? Would. Uh, would. Okay. Um, but I also understand why they wouldn't, because mm-hmm. if you're not prepared... Probably aren't prepared to be a parent completely, but also um, it'd be bad if they were like, "Oh, I'm going to keep it and try," and turn out to be like those autism moms that are like, "Oh, it's just a special ability, and like we can cure it." That yeah, kind of stuff. We're treating it as like a, "I'm going to cure it by I'm and I'm going to be special." I can understand that mm-hmm. that not being great, but for the most part, what's actually happening here is a lot of parents are looking at looking at it as um there's a lot of people are actually a lot of people are thinking of it as uh they're saving the baby 
And the reason why they're saying that is because they would rather have a child have a better quality of life than have a child that has a disability might not have as good of a quality of life, which it, I, I can understand that part. If, we, if you, it is, there are certain aspects where, yes, it would most definitely be more difficult based off of people being ableist and people who are going to treat them differently. And also if they, they're going to have learning disabilities and they're going to look different, people are going to, as I said, treat them differently. Um, and uh, the thing with Down syndrome it is not just every single person is going to be the exact same and is going to have the same capabilities and ability to be either dependent or independent. Um, for example, some people can grow up and live by themselves and ha uh, people who have Down syndrome can live by themselves and have families of their own and be really successful uh, people within the community and society. However, other people who have Down syndrome may end up living with their parents for the rest of their life. And the biggest concern when it comes to that is um, talking about how what happens to the, the parents are going to be spending way more money than they ever thought they would be because instead of an 18 to 25 year commitment of taking care of a child, taking care of their child, they're now looking at, um, you know, 50 to 60 years, depending on when they had their baby. Mm -hmm. But that child is most likely going to outlive them as well. And a lot of what people are concerned about is what's going to happen to that child afterwards, because once their parents are gone, who's going to be wanting to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a valid concern because we've seen a lot of the time where people could just get shoved someplace and you don't see them. For example, I don't think I've ever seen an elderly person who has down syndrome. Me either. I think the oldest I've seen is maybe 30, 40. Um, so, and whether that's due to other things, because Down syndrome can affect respiratory issues, it's still one of those things if you don't see it, and it, it is concerning to think about what happens. Um, but when you're looking at, if, if we're comparing specifically Iceland and USA, which are based in the USA, which are basically on polar opposites of the spectrum of, should we be down, uh, uh, should we be aborting uh, fetuses who have been diagnosed with Down syndrome? One of the other things to look at is how differently the cultures treat abortion. Because in Iceland, both parents are allowed in the room. There's, it's a very calm, quiet room, kind of, it's not like a, a scary, like, surgical room. It's, it's meant to be calming and soothing. Um, what they do is they actually bring the fetus into the parents so they can say goodbye, kiss it, hold it, say goodbye. They, um... Typically, what they'll do is they'll actually, uh, have you ever seen those, like, well, they'll, they'll, like, paint the baby's feet and they'll put it on a piece mm -hmm. of paper. They'll do that and give it a, give the parents a little card as a memorabilia and use it, uh, a lot of parents will use it as, like, a, as a mourning tool and for prayer. And one of the other things, it's not uncommon for specific priests to come in. They have, like, priests on call of, please come in, please come talk to these people. They're going through something difficult and they'd like you to be there for this situation. Which is insane compared to the U.S., mm -hmm. whereas the U.S. is viewing it as this religion. If you're religious, you should not be talking about, like, uh, you should not be getting an abortion or should you be talking about getting an abortion, especially not a priest should be there when that happens because, mm -hmm. oh, my goodness. Um, it's not something that you talk about. It's not something you don't you don't frequently see situations where the parents are mourning. You especially don't see them with memorabilia. The few people who I do know that will frequent, not I don't want to say frequently, but do have some sort of thing to 
remember uh, the lost child by is typically a miscarriage mm-hmm. and not an abortion. And it's uh, typically like a little, a little knickknack that reminds them of the child that they lost, which again is, is so very different, especially when you're talking about people who are going to get an abortion and they're getting, you know, yelled at and shamed. And in Iceland, it's, I don't want to say it's encouraged because obviously it's not, but that option is always brought up of would, would you like this screening for figuring out if your child's going to have Down syndrome? And if you do, here are some resources you can look into. And they give them, you could either terminate or there, here are some other options in which you can uh, talk to communities who are related to taking care of children who have disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I just personally find that really interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think that it's, I'm not sure if bittersweet's the word. It's like, it's nice and probably relieving for the parents, but also probably sad. Oh yeah, it's most definitely sad. It is a sad situation. Nobody's, Mm -hmm. nobody's happy about having an abortion. Yeah. Typically it's, it's one of those situations where you don't want to do it, but it's easier to have an abortion versus having a child in certain situations, which I can understand. So what's interesting is hearing people, uh, specifically older adults who have Down syndrome, talking about the fact that so many people look at them and just see their disability versus actually seeing what they're capable of doing. And it, it, it is concerning of, like, if people are saying, I would be devastated if my parents had done this, like, it's so much that I wouldn't have a chance at life and look at all I've been able to accomplish. It is, it is interesting to see of, like, people who are trying to have children just getting rid of just terminating a pregnancy for that reason yeah but i but on the other end i can also totally see where people are coming from when it comes to a financial standpoint because as you said it's so much more expensive to have a child who has a disability uh, especially when you're looking at um like i said earlier where down, down syndrome uh typically also uh, comes along with respiratory issues, um, but you're looking at ther- uh, different types of therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, um, and extra medical bills. It, it does get expensive, and I can understand. Uh, again, if you're dealing with that until you uh, until you pass, because your child may not be able to live on their own or uh, provide for themselves like that, it, it is it is a definite. A difficult situation to consider um so i personally wanted to get more people's personal views on this mm-hmm. so i sent out a survey online um and i posted it to my personal social medias and asked people to share it uh and it was about this topic so what we're looking at here i i had uh different questions that's a lot of responses. It is a lot of responses. I got 73 responses. Um, so questions I asked, what is your opinion on abortion? Um, 80, 80.8% uh, said that people should have the right to choose when slash if they're going to have a baby. Uh, 15.1% said it's against my personal morals slash ideas, but others should have the option if they want slash need it. And then 4.1% uh, 
uh, said no one should have this option as it is ethically wrong. So a majority of the people have been saying, uh, agree that uh, people should have this option uh, when, but um, should have the option to abort when necessary. Uh, I then ask, what is your opinion of medically recommended abortions, which in this case, it will not necessarily be recommended when you're looking at it compared to uh, in Iceland, where they're, how they're treating Down syndrome. It is something that is talked about. And a lot of, I don't want to say doctors are like, you should get an abortion. But when you're looking at how many people are getting an abortion, it's almost taboo to not get an abortion in this situation. So I asked, what is your idea of medical, medically recommended abortions? For example, a parent's life may be at risk if the pregnancy continues. So the doctor may discuss slash recommend terminating the pregnancy to save the parent. Um, and 97.3% of people said that the parent slash parents should have the choice of terminating or continuing the pregnancy. Um, while 2.7% uh, said that the pregnancy should not be terminated if there's a tiny chance the parent and the baby will survive. Um, so just kind of like keep going down to this, a lot of it, there are common themes of uh, a lot of people being pro-choice and a lot of people saying stuff like that. Um, the last two, uh, the uh, last three here, the parent found out that their child's going to be disabled during pregnancy, should the parents slash parent be allowed to terminate the pregnancy? 64.4% um, of people said no, uh, said yes, pardon me, while 19.2% said no. And then uh, about, I a lot of people were then talking about depends and why it depends um, based off of either the disability or uh, uh, survival rate, et cetera. Um, and then what I find interesting after this is that we, the next question is, do you think we as a people should try to eliminate disabilities? And 63.4% of people said uh, no, but it is, um, it, it is one of those things that we have almost the exact same percentages here, 64, 63% here of one, a very similarly phrased questions, very similar questions of should we be uh, allowing people to terminate their pregnancies just because of a disability? A lot of people said, yes, it should be allowed. But then when we're looking at, okay, so we're going to eliminate disabilities, a lot of people said no. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting of like, people should have the choice versus they're not actually going to, but if they're not gonna do it, they don't need to, but we also shouldn't strive to eliminate uh, disabilities. And so it's one of those things where it kind of becomes ethically uh, yeah, ambiguous because if we, there is the idea that if we open up the ability to terminate a pregnancy based off of disability, would that not eliminate disabilities in the long run? Because if we're getting an increase and an increase and it just keeps rising up of people aborting uh, fetuses due to disability, eventually we would have eliminated disabilities. And that's not 100% guaranteed it's what's going to happen. It could always end up like 25% of people are choose to report their child due to disabilities. And, and it, it stays consistent after that curve. Um, and then uh, the last question here, 97.3% uh, uh, said that they know someone with a disability and 2.7% uh, said that they did not. So then I also had some more open-ended questions and I highlighted some quotes that I think are important to talk about here. So 
uh, what I had, so uh, as I said earlier, uh, if a parent found out that their child is going to be disabled during pregnancy, should the parent slash parents be allowed to terminate the pregnancy? And some of the quotes that I thought summarize what a lot of uh, a lot of the maybe or depends answers, uh, two of them here, one of them says, only if the disability is immediately life-threatening, such as the baby won't survive long after birth. Um, and the second here is, yes, but I think quality of life should not be seriously considered before making that decision. For example, autism should not be a reason to abort, but being in slash out of a hospital wheelchair bound for life is a good reason to, or if the child has a life expectancy of one to two years. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mainly agree with the second person's quote mm -hmm. of like, because someone has autism, I don't think that's like a... Yeah, we have plenty of functioning people who have autism. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're in a hospital, um, it's an okay-ish, but it could be like one last hospital visit then you can live the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's one of those things of when one person says in and out of the hospital, that might mean they're in the hospital for a week and out of the hospital for a week. And to another person, that means that they're in the hospital for like a month out of the year, or it means that they visit the hospital for like two days out of the year. Like mm -hmm. it, it is one of those things that that is not a consistent timeline. Yeah. Um. So then when I also ask the question, do you think we people should try to eliminate disabilities? One of the things that I found very interesting was one person said, uh, my answer would depend on the disability. Homosexuality was considered disability until the 1970s. So it will be, I personally think it'd be interesting to see how our view changes on the idea of a disability. For example, we were both just talking about autism. Some people are predicting that autism is actually just a uh, genetic difference. Mm -hmm of cognitive thinking versus a disability, but we treat it like a disability because it's not, and I'm saying this in quotes, how normal or neurotypical people uh, think. And because we don't have people teaching, it, it would be kind of like, it, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, a, a good example here. It, it, it's one of those things where really, the only thing that's changing is cognitive function. And it's not like, it, it's not changing how, how, if they're stupid or something like that. Um, but what's most common is a lot of, uh, a lot of people are able to function. It's just their brain functions differently. And their mm -hmm. the way they process emotions and recognize emotions is different. And there are people who are theorists and that could actually be an evolutionary advantage. Yeah. Especially when we're getting into a world where we're needing to find, um, we're needing to find like minute details and look at things like that's one of the things that we're constantly getting told is look at things from a different point of view look at it differently look at it differently but then when we are physically finding people that are going to look at it differently compared to what we consider the norm we're then considering that a disability yeah also i'm is adhd a disability um it it is it, it kind of falls into that like same category is dyslexia where it's, okay. it, it is it's considering it's considered a learning disability but not like a disability a, a lot of people wouldn't consider as like well a lot of people wouldn't say like oh i'm disabled because i have dyslexia or i'm disabled yeah. because i have adhd a lot of people say i have a learning disability mm -hmm. uh i was just gonna uh, say that because i know that was like children in schools that have autism or adhd mm -hmm. 
they excel in like schools and things and they get told that they can't have that because they're they aren't like useless and get good grades Mm -hmm. yeah so um and then another um (laughs) another one this is slightly i don't want to say funny but it it can bring up a, a, a slightly funny topic i guess mm-hmm. is someone said it depends on the definition of disability and how you plan to eliminate them which when i was looking at this like well, are you assuming that we're just going to wait 20 years and hire a bunch of assassins i don't know yeah but, yeah but uh, by i understand like how you plan to eliminate them that does bring up the topic of would we then say if a baby is born and we find out that they have a disability would we then say would we then euthanize them which yeah I, I, I don't think that that is something we as a society will ever get to unless we get to very drastic measures um, and hopefully never will get there. Um, so then the last few things here, I had some open-ended questions where I asked people to give their thoughts. Mm, pardon me. Um, I asked people to give their thoughts on the statement, uh, disabilities create genetic diversity. Um, one person said genetic diversity happens all the time and does not inherently have a net positive value. Genes that can outcompete their peers thrive. We are at a point where the first world, at least, can choose to support folks who might not otherwise survive on their own. Whether that's due to genetics, environment, or circumstance, such as, such as an accident. Which is more so talking about disabilities that happen later on in life mm-hmm. due to like a car accident or um, like a physical change. They weren't born with it, but it happens to them. Um, one person, the next person said, disabilities are created by genetic diversity as such is, is a necessary, uh, um, as such disabilities are necessary. Another person said, I agree. I think genetic di- diversity is beneficial to society and natural. I don't think there is a need to eliminate any disabilities because people still thrive in life regardless of their disabilities. This would be a slippery slope and lead to eliminating uh, anything that is a physical or mental hindrance. Uh, and then the last quote I have here is, I think it depends on what you classify as a disability. If we include people with different mental patterns, such as ADHD or autism, then I, th- then I think I agree that these types of disabilities create genetic diversity. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, what's ge- genetic diversity? Yes. Genetic diversity is talking about um, the idea of having diverse traits so for example as a human society um we're looking at uh like different chromosomes so having different like little details helps us have genetic diversity so whether that be your eye color um or it can come down to like your red blood cell count and different production stuff it's genetic diversity is beneficial when it comes to um to natural selection and evolution because those who have traits that are a hindrance will not survive while those who have traits who uh, are better for the situation will survive which is part of the reason why when you're looking at people's skin color have you noticed that it, as you get closer to the equator the darker a person's skin color would typically be yes um the reason for that would be is because an in uh an increase of melanin helps protect them from the sun Mm-hmm. So, for example, we're extremely pale. We're yeah. super white. We're super white. Our family, for the most part, comes from Germany and Switzerland. That's snowy areas, very little sun, mm-hmm. compared to someone who uh, 
whose family comes from Africa that's right on the equator uh, mm -hmm. or parts of it are right on the equator, but it, it specifically it's more centered on the equator, their skin gets darker. And it, it's for that reason that uh, they have darker skin is to protect them from the sun. And then you can also look at it as, well, why do natives, when you're getting closer to the poles, also have darker skin? And that can actually come from, uh, you can also get a sunburn from sun uh, light reflecting off of snow. Mm -hmm. So that, that's genetic diversity when it comes to like finding um, beneficial traits. And it's also the reason why inbreeding is super sucky because uh, giving the same trait can actually cause more problems. Isn't blue eyes caused from inbreeding? Um, I think, I'm not sure if that's a myth or whatever. It, okay. It, it's one of those things of, it, it happens okay. somehow. And it also, it, it's a, it's a, uh, a, um, what's it called? A, a mutation that has occurred more than once. Mm -hmm. So, cause it, it, what your eye color is also determined by the uh, melanin production in your eye. Do Hasbro's jaws like still exist? Like the jaws that like the royal family had? They were called like has something jaws because inbred being. I have no idea. Okay. I know that there was a lot of um, uh, uh oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was related to uh, the blood cell counts, like white blood mm -hmm. cells, the or red blood cells. I can't remember which. That uh, it was like if they were bleeding, they would almost always die because that that was due mm -hmm. to inbreeding. Um, or incest, I guess, is technically the appropriate human term versus animal term. Um, so the next question is, uh, what do you think as a, what do you think as a people should be the procedure for helping parents prepare for genetic possibilities? The first person here said genetic testing, counseling, modeling to limit, to estimate the potential for genes to combine in, uh, in severely, severely dis Abling or lethal ways. That was very difficult for me to say. Uh, the next one says, I think genetic counseling is important as well as a solid discussion of possible outcomes and need support for a child and for the child and parent, both short and long term. Uh, the next one says, potential parents should have genetic testing made available to them and should be able to discuss re results with a counselor. I am against the idea of aborting girl babies in favor of boy babies, but I am supportive of parents who want to abort a fetus with a birth defect. Um, uh, the next one says base level knowledge of what is needed for many, for as many as possible. If a disability is discovered in pregnancy, every available piece of information should be given. And then the last one says, I support screening and screening and counseling when there is a predisposition or elevated risk. For example, I am a CF carrier. It was good to know that when I was planning for our family. So thoughts on that? Um, I think. Like thoughts on theirs, or like what my opinion on? Uh, I I want you I, you can give me your opinion, but I'd also like you to talk about the quotes of like any anything okay. that you disagree with or agree with. Um, I think that I agree with the person who's like I mainly agree with the person who um talked about like don't abort people because like of their girl. gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, but talking about we should uh, have genetic testing available to them, I personally think that's something that needs to be talked about more in society mm -hmm. of of getting genetic counseling done because I, I also I think it would be one of those things that might actually change um, the abortion rates that I was just talking about mm -hmm. because instead of aborting it could be oh you have a higher chance of this happening 
and you have a higher chance of this disability hap uh, or, or disease occurring because of your genetic traits. Um, here are your other options, whether that be IVF or adoption or going ahead of the pregnancy and just trying it out and seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. But I, th I do think it's kind of weird that we as a society don't really, like it's not normal for us to go, I'm going to have a baby and I'm not going to talk to anybody about what could ha possibly happen with genetics of having this baby and we're just going to go with the wind. Yeah. Because it, it is one of those things I think would be helpful to prepare someone for having a baby that way. Um, and then our last question here. What are your ideas of eradicating genetic illnesses as a people? So the first quote we have is, it depends where the line is drawn at genetic illnesses. And since this line changes who we are, who are we to say uh, that someone's life is worthless? I've come to a point in my life that I recognize that if I produce, my child will deal with similar issues because uh, issues, be it from my parenting or genetics. Knowing this, I cannot morally create another person given that destiny, but, but I would not want some lab baby either that still gets hurt from my bad parenting, which does bring in the, the topic of uh, nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Of um, As you said earlier, there are parents who do treat their children who have disabilities like babies for their entire life. And while that is a very, I, I, that is a minority, I would say most parents are pretty good about that. It is concerning when you're looking at that of how does that change the person's ability to be independent, if at all possible? Because if you have a parent who's telling their child, you can never live without me, you can't be by yourself, you're going to have to do this for yourself, and you're telling them that, they're going to believe it. Mm -hmm. And and it might be, it, it is one of those things of, it might not necessarily be true, but because the parent has predisposed assumptions and is is just going with the fact of, oh, my kid has autism, oh, my kid has Down syndrome, or whatever. They'll never be able to live on their own, even though that might necessarily be the case. What is genetic illness? A genetic illness? Um, so a genetic illness can come down to a disability, or you're also looking at, um, it might be like a, a degenerative disease, so like a disease or a mental illness. Okay. Um, the next... Uh, one says, I think it's going to happen regardless of whether it's a good idea, which is an interesting thing talking about. It kind of comes back to the idea of even if we don't necessarily say that we're going to eradicate uh, disabilities, opening up that option of can you choose if your child's going to have a disability or can you choose to abort a child that has a disability that might happen by itself, even if we're not necessarily aiming for that. Um, the next one says, gene therapy is the way to go. Fix problems that neg negatively impact the quality of life. We're a uh, ways out from this, but hopefully someday. So the next one says, eradicating requires overreach. Reducing risk of passing on genetically determined diseases through screening and counseling should be encouraged. Abortion of fetuses that will be profoundly disabled is acceptable. Abortion for selection of preferred traits is repugnant. Um, reasonable choices lie in between. And then the last one we have is genetic disabilities are ecologically and financially expensive to treat. Eliminating disabilities could be emotionally hard, but a necessary step for humans and the environment. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think that people should be like eradicating people with genetic illnesses. Um, because to me, that just you should try and help them mm -hmm. and not just leave them for dead and try and get rid of them because they're hindering your life. It's not necessarily leaving them for dead. It's 
more so what they're talking about is just not allowing them to develop. So mm-hmm. again, it's one of those situations of are you looking at a fetus as a baby or are you looking at it as what is typically there is a mildly, mildly formed clump of baby cells. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you should try and help them once they're alive instead of just like, oh, their hindrance in our lives are more important and that's true, but that's not what this is talking about. Yeah. What this is, what this question really is talking question. about is, is, um, is talking about preventing genetic illnesses from being mm-hmm. passed on. So, for example, oh, like sterilizing? No. Oh, okay. For example, um, and it could be sterilizing, but not necessarily. For example, you know, I have an anxiety disorder. Yeah. Um, and and it is most likely. A genetic thing because we do have a history of mental illnesses in our family it is entirely possible that if i have a genetic child that that child would also have some form of mental illness whether that be anxiety or depression um and what this question is talking about is uh should we try to do something about stopping the passing on of like in my case mental illnesses or in somebody else's case it could be um a disease like uh, a, a blood clotting disease something that has an issue with blood clotting that could in effect uh, have a life expectancy of 30 but you wouldn't know until you're 25 mm-hmm. um or yeah it's just one of those things of it's not necessarily like they're disabled it could just be something that happens and is that something that we want to get rid of or just kind of give up the chance or do we want to instead search for treatments versus eradicating groups this is not a situation in which i think there is a yes or no answer um so it is a difficult topic and it's it's something that i i hope we never get to a point where we're talking about a yes or no answer mm-hmm. um but it is also something i think that should be talked about so that we don't get to a point where we are eradicating something that people might consider unnecessary to eradicate. Yeah. So this concludes our podcast today. We appreciate the fact that you decided to come and listen with us and inform your future. Thank you.